Have you ever prayed to God and not heard an answer? Are you crying out to God continually and never receiving what you're praying for? When things go wrong, do you rail against God for not being, doing, providing what you want? Today, we're going to look at how our relationship with the Lord affects both our prayers and God's response to them. And I'll show you three keys to prayer that not only get the job done, but get it done in a big way. Today is going to be a heart check for us. So I want you to take some time to prepare your heart and be ready to hear what God wants to say to you. Get your pen and paper ready to write down what you hear from God and then come share the area that you want to work on in our private The Good Way Community Facebook group so that we can support and encourage you in your journey. The link to that group is in the notes for this episode. Welcome to The Good Way with Jenna Jandro, Integrative Nutrition Health Coach, Master Herbalist and Essential Oil Specialist. I'm Jenna Jandro. I'm a Bible-loving, food-loving, totally sold-out-for-God Christian woman, serving God in my church and community with everything that I am and helping others to do the same. You know you're called to serve God in a unique way, but feel pulled in so many directions and can't seem to find the time and energy to focus on what God is calling you to. I'm here to help you take back control of your health and wellness, to find the energy and focus that you need to achieve the things that God has put in your heart through biblical nutrition, intentional living and building right relationships. If you're ready to move from just surviving to thriving, then grab your green smoothie and come walk with me along the good way. When I was asking God what the next episode should be about, I heard him say, relationship, but speak from Habakkuk. Now, I've been studying in Habakkuk for a few weeks on and off, and I would not have thought to go to Habakkuk to talk about relationship. But when you sit down and read this book through, the whole thing speaks to Habakkuk's relationship with the Lord, just as the book of Job speaks to Job's relationship with God. But neither of these are comfortable books to read. Both Habakkuk and and Job deal with situations that are really, really difficult. Job is going through the loss of his children, the loss of his herds, his cattle, invasions by by neighbouring tribes that have just wiped him out, along with physical illness. And throughout this, Job chooses to worship God. He chooses to honour God in the words that come out of his mouth. But it's not comfortable reading. In the book of Habakkuk, we're dealing with a situation in history where the people of Judah have just turned so far away from the Lord that Habakkuk is crying out to God, saying, Lord, when are you going to bring justice? When are you going to do something about your people because they are perverting the law, they are perverting justice, and they are acting violently and doing harm to to your people and to the righteous. He's crying out, and what he hears is not something that he was expecting. And what he hears disturbs him greatly, but his response 
to what he hears from the Lord is really key in this. Habakkuk is divided up by the prophet's complaint and then God's response, and then his complaint again and God's response to that, and then it closes with Habakkuk's prayer. And here is the pattern that we can learn from and implement in our own relationship with the Lord and in our prayer life. It's a similar pattern to that found in the Psalms. The cry of the psalmist, the recognition of who God is and how he acts towards the righteous and the unrighteous, and ends in praise and worship. So the question becomes, when we cry to the Lord or bring our complaint before him, what is our attitude as we do so? And what do we do next? Because our attitude and our actions speak directly to our relationship with God. For many years, anger and fear were the driving force in my life. And we could go into how these are just different sides of the same coin, but that's a subject for another day. They affected my whole life, my relationships, my decision-making, and most importantly, they affected how I perceived God, my attitude towards God and my relationship with him. I would cry out to God continually with weeping and screaming and then rail against God when my prayers weren't answered, but never stopped to listen to hear his response. I was so busy talking and explaining to God why he needed to answer my prayers in the way I wanted that I never sought his face or listened to what he had to say. My prayers felt like they were hitting the ceiling and bouncing back, and in a way they were but it was the reverse of what I thought at the time. My prayers were effectively creating a barrier that was stopping God's responses from reaching me. They were so loud and so continual that they made it impossible for me to actually hear God. Here are the three keys to praying, not just effectively, but effectually, that are modelled so beautifully in the book of Habakkuk and they are all based in our relationship with God. These keys lie in how we speak, listen, and respond to God. How you speak to God is very telling. How you relate to God will shape the way you talk to him and stems from your perception of God. In Habakkuk 1, 1 through 4, we hear Habakkuk's first complaint. He says, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity and why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth for the wicked surround the righteous. So justice goes forth perverted. Habakkuk is crying to God about the state of his nation. Israel has already been sent into captivity because of the sins that they were committing against God and against each other. And Judah has now followed in Israel's sin. And Habakkuk is crying out to God because of the state of his nation. In this first complaint, his attitude is very similar to that of my, my, the attitude that I used to have in prayer. It's, oh God, why aren't you doing what I want you to do? God, why are you letting these things happen? He comes to God with his grievance first. 
His heart's focus is on the sin of his, his nation. But here's a key. He stops there and he listens to what God has to say. And this is God's response. Look among the nations and see, wonder and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your days you would not believe if told. For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, who march through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings not their own. God's response to Habakkuk is to say, look, this is what I'm about to do. You're not going to believe it. I am raising up these people who are ungodly, who are cruel, who are nasty, and I'm going to come and bring judgment on my people because of their sin using the Chaldeans. So we here we have Habakkuk's first complaint. God, what are you doing? What are you going to do? And then God's response saying, hey, you're not going to believe it. This is what I'm going to do and you're not going to like it. And you know what? Habakkuk doesn't like it. But his response is really interesting. In his second complaint, his response and his attitude towards God changes very greatly. Instead of saying, Lord, look at this. What are you going to do? He says, are you not from everlasting, O Lord, my God, my Holy One? We shall not die. O Lord, you have ordained them as judgment, and you, O Rock, have established them for reproof. His focus has gone from his complaint to God himself. And he says, O oh God, you are so great. You are from everlasting. You are the righteous one, my rock. He recognizes God. He recognizes that God is bringing judgment through these people, and but also that God has compassion. He says that we will not die because he knows his God. He knows God, although he is bringing judgment, is a God of compassion and will protect his people and his, the righteous ones. But then he goes on. Why are you bringing these people against us? Why are you bringing the unrighteous nation against us to, to judge us? And that becomes his second complaint. But he doesn't stop at the complaint. He goes on to say, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. He doesn't just complain again to God. This second complaint is, is very different from the first. He comes before God with an attitude of recognizing who God is, his holiness, his righteousness and the need for judgment, but also his compassion and his care for his people, even amidst judgment. And then after saying, okay, this is my complaint, you know, why these guys, God? He then says, I'm going to take my stand and I'm going to watch and I'm going to listen to hear what God will answer me. And God's answer is really interesting. He goes on in the rest of chapter two to say, write this down, because when people read this, they're going to need to run because judgment is coming. But I will have compassion in judgment. But he then goes on to say, I will not only judge my people, but I will judge the Chaldeans for their actions as well. So he's saying, yes, I'm using them to judge my people. I have raised them up to do this, but I will also judge them for their actions and for their violence 
towards my people and to all of the nations that they have invaded. So he's saying to, to Habakkuk, I will bring judgment, but I will be just in my judgment. I will be compassionate in my judgment, and I will also judge this other nation as well. And again, Habakkuk's response is really interesting. He goes into a prayer, which is a psalm that is written to be sung as praise and worship to God. And he goes through and he talks about who the Lord is, the report he's heard from the Lord and the effect that it has on him. And he finishes it with worship of God. In the last part of chapter 3, he says, I hear and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. Yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come people who invade us. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herds in the stalls, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. In this book, we're seeing an amazing pattern. We're seeing Habakkuk come to God saying, God, why? God, how long? God, what are you going to do? And he gets a response. It's not the response he expected, and it's certainly not the response he wanted. But he doesn't reject the response of God. He listens to what God has to say, and he responds appropriately. He responds to God by saying, you are from everlasting to everlasting. He declares the mightiness of God. He declares to God who he is and his justice, his righteousness. And then he brings his next complaint, which is why these, why these people, Lord? But he comes to him in saying, I humbly saying, I will stand and I will listen and I'll wait for what God has to say. And God's response is so beautiful in that he says, yes, I'm bringing judgment, but I'm going to bring judgment on this other nation as well. And then we hear Habakkuk's response, which is to say, to declare who God is. To, he goes through this whole passage of just saying who God is, his greatness, his power, his compassion, his righteousness, his holiness. And then he says, although what you are going to do, what you've shown me and what I'm seeing causes me to feel sick inside, yet I will trust you, yet I will rejoice in you. And though everything around me go wrong, I will rejoice in you. So today, we need to look at ourselves. We need to look at the way we come to God, the way we speak to him, because the way we speak to him is very telling of our perception of God and our, how we relate to him. And then we need to look at how we listen to God, or if we actually do listen at all, because how we listen to God speaks to our attitude towards God. And then we need to look at our response to what we hear from God. Because 
how we respond shows our relationship with him. Even if the answer that we receive is not what we want, our response to God should be a recognition of who he is, the attributes of God, and a willingness to humble ourselves and receive that response and respond again to God if we have more questions, more complaints, a response coming out of a recognition of who God is, and then a willingness to align ourselves and position ourselves to hear again from God. And again, whatever God speaks to us, our response should be to declare his holiness, to declare who God is, to come before him with our grief, if that is what the response causes, but also with a deliberate choice to rejoice in him, to celebrate God, to praise and worship God, no matter what our circumstances. This is not always an easy thing to do, but I can guarantee that if we are willing to do this, if we are willing to respond to God rather than react, if we are willing to listen to what he has to say and trust him in the midst of even the uncomfortable stuff or the difficult stuff, that he has our best interests at heart, that he is just, that he is righteous, and respond to him in kind, it will transform not just our circumstances, but our heart attitude, and it will cause our relationship with him to grow deeper and richer and fuller. So get out your pen and paper, sit down and come before God and bring your prayers to him and listen for what the Lord would say to you. Write it down. Write down what God says to you because our prayers, just like Habakkuk, are not just for us. They are for our community, our family, our nation. And our response to God and what he says to us can affect not just us, but all of those people around us in our field of influence. And I want you to really be honest with yourself about what area you need to work on. Do you need to work on your perception of God? so that it will change the way you speak to him? Do you need to work on your attitude towards God so that it can change the way you listen to what he has to say? Or do you need to work on your relationship with God so that it will change the way you actually respond to what you hear from God or what he shows you in prayer? When you have done that, Write it down and come on over to the Good Way Facebook community group and share with us the area that you want to work on or the area that God is talking to you about because we would love to support you and encourage you in that. The link to the Facebook group is in the notes for this episode. Thank you for being with me today and bless you always. And I can't say how important this is. Just spend time with God. Really assess your relationship with him. 
because he loves you so, so much. And all he desires is relationship with you. If this podcast has blessed or encouraged you in any way, then I'd love to hear from you. You can subscribe to this podcast, write a review and share this episode with anyone you think will also be blessed by it. Take a screenshot of this episode and share it in your social media story. And don't forget to tag me. I'd love to support you in your journey. You can come join me in the Goodway Community Facebook group or click the link to let me know if you're interested in one-on-one coaching. And you can help keep the Goodway on the air by going to www.patreon.com forward slash the underscore good underscore way. All the links are in the notes for this episode. And remember, it's a journey. You only have to take one step at a time.